on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> Kickboxer than the people that made Kickboxer. I don't want my chief puffs to get moldy and, and old. <laughs> I have never and will never be a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> 90s nostalgia is big now. I'm going to be relevant again. The hair is long and curly in this movie. Along with some good special effects on my back. Yep, I like to go outside. I like to go on adventures. Oh, I've moved on to my, my old gummy snacks now. Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the internet dedicated to bringing you the very best of bork, 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 and beep, boop, beep, boop across the world. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome. How are you today, <laughs> sir? Oh. Uh, pretty good. Jeep. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll raise slurring my words. Uh, drinking cheap scotch and uh, Jones in to talk about some good movies. Oh, cool. I am also drinking the cheap scotch because we keep them in business. They, they should be yes. our sponsor. <laughs> yes, that's right. They should be. Uh, and mm. But uh, I'm very happy to be home because... Uh, yes. Spent the last four or five hours in the emergency room, which was less than fun dealing with uh, my son, who we've been debating, does he have uh, appendix issues or just the flu or what? And it all all reports came back positive. So that's very thankful for that. But it's just, oh my God, is that that's, that's just never fun to be in the ER, especially when I always seem to hit it when it's most packed. Like we had to yeah. wait. There weren't even any rooms available. We had to wait for an hour to even get into the ER department. It was wow. It was madness. So uh very very happy to be home and yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about some movies. Um I, I wish I wish the doctors would have came out and said, "Well, I'm not sure what kind of uh what how you want to take this, but your son's skeleton, we did x-rays and your son's skeleton is exactly like Wolverine." So take that with what <laughs> I'll be like, "Why is he so damn sick then?" And they're yes. like, "Oh no, no. He's the he's he's got the bones." But he's sick all the time. Yeah. Not, not not healthy all the time. He's yeah. constantly malady. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. That would be his special power. That seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> oh the the superhero power of being sick. Twenty four seven three sixty five. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh. Uh, once again, bitching about sickness and kids, and my, at least yeah. my neck is working this week, thank God. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to the roulette, where we force each other to watch movies in our queue, so hopefully we can find them gems and avoid those grenades. Uh, last episode, we had Jack Rabbit up against the Hollow? Hallow? The Hallow, yes. Hallow. Yes. Okay. The Hallow, yep. And I don't know whose turn it is. I got a new notebook. Oh, before we even jump into that. Congratulations! I almost forgot, but I, I made a note, so I didn't. This is our two-year anniversary of the Movie Freaks podcast. Is it really? This, this week. Yes, sir. Wow. When this goes up, this will be uh, our two-year anniversary. So, wow. And because of that, I, my notebook is completely full, and I had to get a new one. Oh, that's cool. Trying to see whose turn it is to go first. Not that it really matters all that much. And our friends over at Sidekicks, they've been uh, with their uh, their first run on podcasts, which was uh, Eminem uh, Movie Roundup. Yeah, Movie Roundup. I mean, they've been going for how long? Uh, they took a good break in between those two shows, uh, but they were doing podcasts a good year or two before uh, I we started, as far as I know. Innovators of the craft, you guys are. 
Well, motivators to get me to try, since they qu- when they quit, I was like, damn it, <laughs> yeah. I need something to listen to, and that motivated me to eventually down the roads uh, convince you to start up. Yeah, and been going strong ever since. Yeah, when we're not sick and dying. Okay, uh, yep. <laughs> I guess it's my turn to go first this week. Okay. Uh, Jack Rabbit, and I'm, I'm so freaking prepared, still making notes, don't have the movie up. (laughs) Um, yes, we were worried about this film a little bit because it has a, it's a sci-fi movie, sci-fi premise, and we were worried that it might be a little too quote unquote hipster for us, a term we're going to make a conscious effort to stop throwing onto everything because we do it too much because we're old. Um, but, uh. Let me. How do I describe this? This is tough. Did it fall under that category of what we we call it kind of, kind of pretentious, kind of you know new whiny kids and stuff? Maybe a smidge, but not entirely. This more falls under like uh, Drive, where it's it's very kind of artsy, but it also kind of works. I'm not going to okay. say it's that good. Uh, in, the, in a near future dystopia, a young computer whiz and an outlaw hacker join force, force, eh, forces to decrypt a hard drive containing clues to a friend's suicide. So this one hacker kid uh, offs himself and then uh, sends his one hacker buddy um, this flash drive with mysterious things on it. And the only person that can open it is his other, uh, the suicide guy's other buddy. So he brings these two people together from opposite sides of the aisle uh, okay. of, of the railroad tracks, as it would be. The, and I fully enjoyed this movie all the way through. There were a lot of elements where I was like, wait, what is going on? Like, I'm not quite like, I kind of got an idea what's going on, but I'm not quite following it, but I'm, I'm still invested because I feel like they're going to tell me what's going on eventually. And like, we'll get there. Like I'll get a, a, an epiphany moment or a realization where like the, puzzle pieces come together and I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it. This is awesome. And boy, they really played up that, that kind of mystery thing to the, okay. to the point where the vast majority of this movie, I didn't know exactly what was going on. And I kept waiting for that moment. Like in the first act of the matrix where all of a sudden they're going to accomplish or have that realization that of whatever the it is. And it's going to be like, Holy shit, we're in the matrix. And now we're out or, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And there never really was that moment throughout the whole movie. I mean, you got to the very end and, and they kind of, the one guy got out and the other one was, helped him out and that was it. And it wasn't a matrix type thing. Um, and you're, I just kind of was like, that's, that's it. Like, okay. I mean, hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you this is worth a watch. This is, I gave this movie a thumbs up. I liked it. Um, it was, a little convoluted in the plot as being uh, a little too vague on purpose. And I I was like, is it just me? So I went and read a bunch of reviews online and everybody said the same thing as me. So it's not just me. Okay. I, some of the score bits in here are almost drive worthy. They're that good. Like some of the music, that stuff is so fantastic. The acting was all fine. Uh, It had some genuinely kind of creepy moments uh, just as far as, they're watching a guy walk down a street corner and it's past curfew and he turns and looks at the camera and it's kind of creepy. And uh, if you feel weird that, that you're being watched all the time, I enjoyed the film. I really did. It, it sounds, as you can tell for me and bumbling my way through this review, I'm struggling really hard to give this a positive because the plot is so kind of weird and, and yeah, purposefully difficult, but 
in the end, I was glad I watched it, and there were some really good elements in there, and I think maybe even sort of like The the Signal with Lawrence Fishburne, remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I liked that movie. Now, it doesn't get that hardcore sci-fi, but yeah. um, they, I just, I needed some backstory, okay? The whole story on this movie was after the, what did they call it? Uh, the reboot. Everybody's living in this world that's after the reboot, and so they're like, okay, you're like, what's the reboot? I don't even know what that is. And the best that I can gather, because I have to make it up on my own, is that at some point in the future, there is a this reboot event, and the only technology that works is now like 70s and 80s, early 80s, like computers and games and stuff. So all of the tech they're using is like that old kind of really old computers, okay. you know what I mean? And everybody's yeah. trying to hack them together and piece together these machines because there's nothing new. Yet it's the future. Mm. And then like, yeah. okay, for another example, this, this, the one hacker guy, he builds games or he makes games, computer games for people to play. And they are like Pong. They are the most simplest kind of games. Uh, it's a, it's a racing game, but it's like one dot and then, uh, two strings of dots for the left and right side of the road. And they occasionally curve and you have to steer your dot. Just, that's it. Just black and white dots. But he has, uh, he sells these. That's how he gets by in life. He makes these kinds of games and he sells them. But when he goes to sell them, he's like, they're like, do you have a Tetris for us this week? And he's like, yeah, here's my Tetris. I got my Tetris. Here's the Tetris. And you're just like, is he, is that just the name for all games now? Is Tetris? And apparently it is, but they never, there's no, they don't tell you this. You just have to kind of guess it. Why, why, so why do you think they did that? Just a, I don't know. It wasn't, it was obviously a choice, but I think it was just sort of like, here, you're immersed in this world. Now just go with it. And it's like, that's great, but you got to give us a little bit of info what's going on. Everybody talks about this reboot and the people that existed before it are good at computers. And the people that exist after it are never, are, they're like, these are the only computers we've ever had, you know? So they're, they're like, this is it. They don't understand. Oh, we had Palm pilots and, and the, the, the flat screen TVs and the phones, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I do think you should keep it in the queue. I'm not pushing you hard on it, but you should give it a watch when you're in the mood for something that's kind of artsy. Maybe a, like half of it's borderline drive good, and then the other half you're just sort of like, what the hell is going on? And by the end, you do understand everything that kind of happened, but you don't you aren't as emotionally invested in it because you struggled so hard along the way. Yeah. So, hmm, but def- okay. definitely worth a watch, I think. That's uh, I. Totally could have seen you coming away with from that movie not liking it at all. I haven't seen it, obviously, but it's one of those where it could be a complete pretentious dud or a unique, inventive, little low-budget movie. And so it sounds like it's a unique, inventive, low-budget little movie. It was. And most of its issues, especially in all of its like art design and uh, the stage design and all, and all that shit, was top. I, I loved yeah. all of that stuff. I It didn't feel like the first option that you mentioned, the pretentious stuff, dud. it didn't feel like that. I, I, I really enjoyed all the characters. Um, nobody irritated me at all. Um, it's just some of the things, some of the choices they made and some of the editing, it was sort of like, wait, what, what, what's happening? Huh? What? <laughs> hmm. So anyway. All right. I, okay. Keep it in the queue. Definitely. I will. Okay. The, um, the hollow. The hollow. I've been very quiet about this because I want to talk about this through text with you, but I, I just, I just hold on until the podcast because I've had, I've had a, my fair share of duds on the roulette and 
like and another one called the hollow was it wasn't a dud but it was it got i think a, a mild thumbs down from me if i remember correctly just because i didn't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i recall you being like very eh on it yeah this one here I am happy to report as a big thumbs up. Oh, all right. Yes, we have another close to gem in the rough on this one, and one that I probably will end up buying on Blu-ray when I get a chance, because this is a Scream Factory release, and so with most of Scream Factory releases, they will pop up, like some of the newer release ones, they pop up, they seem to pop up on Netflix, and then they leave rather quickly, like they're up for maybe a month, Mm -hmm. and then gone. But this one here, I... I'm already looking forward to watching this one again. Uh, it's a fairly basic story about a couple move into a place in the woods and there's creatures in the woods and they're out to get either them or their baby and local townspeople know something's going on. You've heard this setup before. Mm. It's nothing really new, but everything that it sets out to do, it does good. Uh, and some things that it sets out to do, it does actually great. The, the practical effects and the creature effects in the movie are tops. It, it was, it was awesome. Uh, so not just a guy painted white running around. No, no, this was genuinely creepy looking, uh, original looking creatures. I liked all of the actors and for the most part, they felt real, uh, because they have a, fairly almost a newborn baby with them in tow. They make some decisions that in real life people probably wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, what? You're, you have a, you know, X amount, I mean, six month old baby and you're doing this. What? That, that kind of took me out of it uh, here and there. But apart from stuff like that, and even at an hour and 37 minutes, there was, you know, okay, let's run away now, and now we're trapped, and now it's it, – maybe I'm jaded at this point, but it's like that hour and 37 minutes probably could have been an hour and 20, and it would have been lean, mean, kick-ass awesome. As it is, though, it's still – it's a thumbs up. Man, I liked it. It was creepy, well shot – beautifully shot, actually, well acted. Uh Creatures were great, some great gore. I really dug the – the mythology behind the creatures in the woods and the whole wrap up, how things kind of, how it goes Uh, again, the story itself, you've, you've heard it all before. When I, what I told, what I told you about, you know, the local townspeople are warning them, you shouldn't be dabbling and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I got you. And and there's all sorts of different reasons as to why it's, it's, you hear, you've heard it all before, but you get away from that and you get into the crux of the story. It's good. Good movie. Really good movie. You should watch it. Uh, I definitely will. I actually almost pushed play on it a couple times this week, and I'm like, I didn't hear anything from him. That usually means no. Yeah, but I almost texted you halfway through saying, "Saying, ooh, this is this is good." <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna hold off on this one until. Uh, well, and then with the shit week you've been having, I'm like, I'll save the good stuff. Like, yeah, you actually threw a roulette my way, and it was a good one. Oh. So. <laughs> Oh, I actually did, because everything else I'm throwing you is utter shit. <laughs> well, last week's was not, oh, Visible Secret was eh. Yeah, it was. Hey, you, I only threw you that one out of courtesy. Like, at mm. least I'm throwing you a horror movie. Cause yeah. Too, too often you're like, throw more horror on there. And I'm like, bitch, this is my cue, not yours. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, okay. Anyway, so um, I think I think I gave this movie. Let me just pull up my reviews here. Um, because my final, because I, I I wrote down my thoughts as soon as the movie was done. I I just want to see what um three and a half. So my immediate response after the movie was three and a half, which is like right now I'm thinking three, but I'm I'll probably stick at three and a half. I call that a positive score. Three, yeah, three out of positive. five is a positive. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Which I believe is what I gave Jackrabbit. Nice. Oh, so that was two two thumbs up. Yeah, so I like that. You did good. Uh, okay. You ready for the next round? Yes. Okay. First up, we have Look Who's Back. Was this on your radar at all? No. Okay. Because this this synopsis just blows my mind. When Adolf Hitler reawakens at the site of his former bunker 70 years later, he's mistaken for a brilliant comedian and becomes a media phenomenon. Need I say more? I am completely intrigued by that. Uh, Next, I threw back on there from last week, Mexico Barbaro, because I didn't have time to watch it. I was really hoping to watch it this week, and I just didn't have time. And I didn't know if you had had time, so I was like, "I'll I'll pitch that one your way. Okay. Um, I'm sure you'll be diving all over it because we both really wanted to see it, but I, uh, back at you. Uh, and lastly, uh, birth of the birth of Saki. And this would be your documentary of the week. This film offers a rare peek at the daily life of the artisans of the Yoshida brewery where devotion and skill combine in the ancient art of sake making. And I I love sake. Me too. So I, I, I mean, added that in a second. Yep. And the thing is, when I saw your list, I'm like, ooh, the anthology's up there again. All right. And then I saw the sake. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, that sounds so good. <laughs> Not going to make it easy. Yeah. No, you didn't. That one there, was, I spent in the first one, I'm like, what? Adolf, what? An Adolf Hitler comedy. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, what was, okay, uh, pop quiz, hot shot. What was the last uh, comedy setting that we saw Adolf Hitler in? Uh, for me, it, it's not a comedy movie, but, uh, I would, Inglorious Bastards ending. There was one after that. There was. With Adolf Hitler. Um, oh boy. Yeah, unless uh, I'm thinking wrong, I'm pretty sure he was in it. It definitely was World War Two. Comedy? It's a comedy horror, but yes, it's definitely falls oh. under comedy. Oh boy, a roulette movie or just one that? Uh, no, not a roulette, but it, it was a, another anthology film. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> Chillerama, yes. yes, that was brilliant. <laughs> that was so good. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, it's time oh, for me to watch I'm... that one again. Me too. Which one of us watched that first? Was it me or you? I don't know. It, I've watched it twice now, uh, and other than that, Wear Bear thing. Uh, that is comedy gold, that whole movie. Uh, especially that one with, and it gets funnier and funnier, like, as that segment goes on, uh, it's, it's just crazy, and he doesn't even talk. I remember why. It's ju- that Joel kid, and he doesn't speak German. He, he speaks No, and he just rattles fake, off non-German. Fake German. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I have to watch that one yeah, again. Yeah, me too. I, I, I have to watch that one again. I hope it's still on Netflix. Uh, okay, oh, okay. your movies, your Okay, so for you, uh, first up I have uh, hashtag horror. Yeah, yes, is that I'm, what it's called? I'm, is that I'm almost did? completely against that movie because of its title. I, I agree. I don't blame you. That just, that seems, um, 
I don't know. It's it's a new horror movie, and I I know that it got some sort of a limited release, so I'm like I'm gonna at least throw it on there. Uh, but it, it's funny because I'm on IMDb right now, and I'm looking at the poster, and it says Tara Subkoff's hashtag horror, and I'm like, oh, so that person is someone big. That's like you know, I it's got some good actors in it though, Chloe Sevigny and Timothy Hutton. Yeah, I know. So, oh, hold on. Let me read the first five words of the synopsis. A group of preteen girls. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> Next up is <laughs> a movie called uh, Close Range. And this one here, I, of course, uh, threw your way because of my buddy Scott oh, Atkins. Yeah, our good friend Scott Atkins. Friend of show. Yes. Yes. A rogue soldier turned outlaw is thrust into a relentless fight with a corrupt sheriff his obedient deputies, and a dangerous drug cartel in order to protect his sister and her young daughter. I, I Even if the movies aren't good, I do always like watching him because he generally kicks ass in movies. Yeah. So that one got thrown up there. I'm, And that's one that regardless, eventually I'll probably end up watching that one. And then last is, I thought this one sounded interesting too, Rattle the Cage from 2015. Uh, let's see here. Uh, trapped in a prison cell. In a remote police station, a man named Talal is tortured by visions of his beloved ex-wife and son as he waits to hear his fate. And I guess then the the people there in the prison, they start to harass him and things go from bad to worse. Hmm. So it was filmed in Jordan and the United Arab uh, Emirates. I was going to say, that looks like a Middle East. I see a lot of Middle East names there. Yeah, so it. I did some a little bit of reviewing or a little bit of research, and it looks like it gets pretty decent reviews. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. Cool. There um, you go. I am going to take close range. I actually considered throwing that one onto your list, but then I found something I liked even better. But oh. uh, I will hang out with good old Atkins. All right. Cool. Uh, I think for uh, from your list. Seriously, the Mexico one I was gonna take, uh, but that sake movie, I, I'm, I'm ready for another documentary, and I can't imagine that's not gonna be fascinating. So awesome, sake it is. Sweet. I seriously, that was that one. You threw some good ones my way. That look who's back. That could be meh, but it sounds very intriguing, and I think the Mexico one is gonna end up being good. And that's like we talked about before. It's an anthology, so I would imagine there's gonna be at least one or two or a couple good shorts on there. Mm-hmm. But a good documentary, I'm always up for a good documentary. You can expect look, look who's back to be a permanent staple on the roulette. That, that's going on my list. That's one of those that's like that's going on the permanent list and is staying there until somebody watches this thing. And it yes. probably isn't going to be me. <laughs> bork, bork, bork. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, so next episode will be The Birth of Sake and Close Range. And okay, let us move on to the next segment for this evening, which I think we're just going to do Question of the Week. So I'm going to let you start this one off because I have had a rough day. So uh, okay, <clears throat> what do you got for us? Spin us off into some okay, rabbit well, trails. I, I thought what would be interesting is... Um, Every now and then, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm almost jaded with movies. I've watched so many movies, but certain movies from my past, I keep thinking of, and it, because of those movies has shaped me into who I am now. And I thought, let's talk just, I thought, thought it might be fun to talk briefly about movies that we watched when we were 
as young as we can possibly remember that have had uh, both negative and positive influence in who we are now. And like maybe awkward experiences watching those movies or like the movie might have not been good, but oh, the, the experience itself was so cool. Mm-hmm. The, when I first watched this movie or, uh, because of this movie, I got into this and this and this and this or whatever. I thought that might be kind of interesting. And I know that, you know, we po- both kind of got into movies at the same time. Uh, I'm not sure how often your parents took you to movies when you were really, really young, but, um, you know, I, I, well, I'll just start off with this. The, the first movie that I can recall seeing in the theater was The Rescuers. And that movie came out, I don't know what year it came out. If you could look that up for me real quick. Um, yeah. But it certainly came out long before I was born. That's an old Disney animated film. 77 is when it came oh, out. Oh, really? So not that long yeah. before I was born. Just uh, yeah. two years. But uh, I... Re- <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, uh, kiddies, before VHS and home video and all that jazz, uh, movies that were popular, they would get second, third, fifth, seventeenth runs in theater every now and then, every few years. Yeah. Uh, why do you think Gone with the Wind is still the highest adjusted for inflation film of all time worldwide? It's because it played in theaters 57 times over the years, um, among other reasons, but that's one of the big reasons. And Rescuers, obviously, it had to be a re-release because how else would I have seen it? But I do remember watching that movie in the theater, and that's the first one that I consciously remember watching. And I remember just being completely enthralled, and I, I can't even remember where it was. It had to be New Philly, that that one yeah. by the Ponderosa. That's where I did yeah. most of my movie watching as a kid. It doesn't exist anymore. Me too. But, yeah, um, me too. <laughs> as far as how often my parents would take me, nearly every Sunday we'd go to church, and then we'd go eat somewhere. And most of the time it was it was down in Dover, Philly, somewhere. And every single time that we would go down there, wasn't every week, but every single time we'd go down there, I would beg, let's go watch a movie. And they'd be like, why? What, what do you want to watch? And I'd just be like, anything, anything. I don't care what it is. Um, this sounds just like my, like what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> as far as movies having that, that I watched and had negative impact growing up, I mean, I don't think there was one movie that I disliked. I didn't even understand the concept of disliking a movie until I was probably uh i mean 10 at least or isn't that interesting uh, yeah because you're right well it was such an opportunity to see a movie i didn't we didn't have home video then anything that i was watching was the tv edit you know and it would Mm -hmm. be like oh we're watching back to the future and that's sweet but there's stuff that happened in there that they took out because i remember when i saw it in the theater it was like this and then you know it's real short and you know, there was stuff that I don't remember. Why isn't that in there? Because they edited yeah. it out for TV. It wasn't like you just hit pause and go back and rewind. I couldn't go on the internet and find out what was taken out. I couldn't, you know, you had nothing. I mean, when when I knew that we were going to go down to Dover after church, I would immediately go to wherever I could find a paper. And oh, I wouldn't buy it because the Sunday edition is too much for a kid with, you know, a young kid. I don't have two bucks or a buck, whatever. So I'd just flip through it till I'd find the, the listings for the movies. And then, you know, I'd pick one and act like I was enthusiastic about seeing this movie. And if it was a really bad week, it would be all R-rated stuff. And you're like, shit, I'm not going to get that. Yeah. There's no, don't even bother. There's no hope. Um, and if it was, you know, on the opposite side, if it was all kitty stuff, it was like, damn it. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, I, I would beg and beg and beg and beg and beg, and they would they would give in occasionally, and my parents would take me to movies that they wanted to see, like, 
nothing like you talked about before with your dad wanting to see action and so you'd get to see a little more risky yeah. stuff. Nah, not so much on my side. I, I remember seeing uh, Forrest Gump before I should have been able to see an R-rated movie. I remember seeing Dances with Wolves in the theater, and I, that was before I should have been able to see an R-rated movie. And those are pretty okay because they're drama. But they yeah. still, there's still some heavy topics in there, but they're, they're still, I would let, I would let Addie watch those movies, you know? Yeah. It's not, yeah. They're not over the top, like R rated. They're, they, they deserve their R rating, but they're. Well, now, Dances with, I know Dances with Wolves. I think that was PG 13, wasn't it? Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to actually, I don't know. I'd yeah. have to look. But what about you? But, yeah, what was your, I, answer your own question. Yeah, that was very similar, actually. And, like, literally down to Ponderosa. Like, we yeah. would go to Ponderosa. Oh, that's because our parents were hanging out together at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so it would be Ponderosa and, like, oh, please, let's go to that theater beside the Nichols yes. <laughs> uh, bakery thing, whatever. And uh, my first my first movie was Empire Strikes Back at that theater. But – and that – obviously, that was the first movie that I consciously remember was in 1980, and I had never heard of Star Wars. And even back then, TV was even – back then so limited that I don't even remember seeing a preview for it. I'm guessing that mom and dad, I was six years old. Mom and dad probably just thought, thought let's take him to this movie. And, um, that was my first introduction to star Wars and movies in general. And after that, I was completely hooked. And just like you, I would find a newspaper, go through it and, Oh, please let's watch that. And I, like you said, I lucked out with a father that really liked Chuck Norris, uh, Charles Bronson, Sylvester Stallone type stuff. So I was able to watch, you know, I went to see Code of Silence, uh, Death Wish Part 3. Those were the two, those were the two big R-rated movies that I was able to watch. And they were pretty R-rated. They still are pretty R-rated. And I was pretty young when those movies came out, but I was able to see them. But uh, as far as shaping me who I am, Empire Strikes Back and uh, 84's Temple of Doom, those are kind of the two real big ones that got me to just completely fall in love with movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Code of Silence, uh, Chuck Norris's Code of Silence was the one that for movie watching in theaters got me to be like, okay, there is a much broader range of things out there that my mind has not, has not been able to perceive as far as like violence right. and what are these words that people are saying that I've never heard of before? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, there's a woman's – okay. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, but same theater, same setup. And, of course, you know, there was like – we would luck out if there would be two, maybe three trailers in front of whatever movie you're watching. Um, but I one movie that I've never really talked about on this show or my own show is uh, I remember it well – we drove to Dover to watch this movie and it was opening weekend and the show that we went to see was sold out and I was so disappointed and I really complain about this and um, we actually stuck around. I'm not sure what we did. We probably went to the mall and just killed time, but we stayed till the next showing of this movie and that was Clint Eastwood's Firefox. Oh, that's a good movie. Yes, it is. It's still a good yes, movie. Yes, I know. I, I, um, I read that one at the, at the cupboard one day. Oh, just yes, randomly. yes. I was like, I've never heard of this one. I'm sure it's a piece of crap. And I watched it and was like, this is good. This is damn. Yeah. 
Oh, by the way, I just looked up Forrest Gump and Dance with Wolves, both PG-13, so I was wrong on both counts. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> but still, yeah, I, I get you. But Firefox, uh, and that was one of the more, um, like, I know that was a, that was pretty heavy stuff, Cold War stuff, and it was a longer movie. Probably the first genuinely long adult type drama action movie that I had ever seen. Uh, but I remember it so vividly, like the build up to where Eastwood actually steals the jet and takes off. And it was so cool seeing that on the big screen. Uh, and every time I watch the movie, I have the Blu-ray every now and then I'll watch that movie. And it just takes me right back to when I was a kid. And that whole scenario, that whole day of it was sold out. And then as a child, I am completely devastated. Like, I can't believe I'm not going to watch this cool movie with a jet that looks like it's something from outer space. And somehow I was able to convince them to, just let's just hang tight for the next showing, shall we? I, that's the thing too. Like I can't remember my dad taking me to a lot, but mom did. Mom was a little more uh, the movie person. I mean, my dad's yeah. in the movies too, but <clears throat> he kind of goes more for the event movie where it's a new Star Wars, okay, or it's something science fictiony, cool, I'm in, or uh, you know, uh, a tent pole, what we would call a tent pole today. Um, yeah, he might be more down for that. Like, okay, for example, he's probably seen two movies in theater in 2015, but he pre-ordered tickets for Star Wars The Force Awakens and was like, are you going opening weekend? Because they're sold out. I said no. And he's like, ha it's the only reason I'm going is so I can watch a movie before you. <laughs> I was like, that's great. All right, man, go get them. <laughs> it's fine by me. Wow. Um, hey, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I'm impressed that your parents went to see but it. But when... <clears throat> the floodgates really opened and things really changed when I got my license because then it was yeah. like, I'm going every weekend. I'm going two or three times a week, making that trek down to Dover to watch anything. I just, I mean, I, I, I have a couple other memories. Like when I was turned 13, which for some reason, when you turn 13 is a big deal. I was like, I get to watch like something more adult. I, I, I want to watch, I want to go to the theater and watch a movie that I pick. And it was like, okay, and Dad took me and my buddy to watch Sneakers. That was the one I, I chose. I just kind of made it up. Cause, yeah, yeah, I really want to see that movie. I mean, who cares? I didn't know it was going to turn out to be such a great movie. Yeah. I, just, I wanted to see anything. I was so desperate to be able to just go it when I wanted to pick and watch a movie from beginning to end. Not be on the schedule of the frickin' TV. Of, like, this movie starts at this time, I gotta be home to watch it. Or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, there was another story I was going to bring up. Uh, oh, the, do you remember the Dollar Theater in Canton, the old one in the corner of the Dirt Mall? Oh, yes. Yeah, yep. I watched Dick Tracy there when it was still a first run. <laughs> Ooh, that, was, that was funny. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, I know. I know my mom was a big Alien fan. Um, mm -hmm. And I was an Aliens fan because of watching the TV version. And I remember coming out of the mall one day when the Alien 3 poster came up and being like, hey, mom, come on, let's go, a new Alien movie. And she was like, I'm not taking you to that. And I'm like, but I've watched it so many times. She's like, yeah, TV. And I'm like, yeah, what did that mean? You know, because you, you didn't, <laughs> they didn't tell you. You didn't realize. Yeah. But And even back then, it was it's so different than now. Like, I remember the first time I watched, I think, uh, Karate Kid Part 3 on VHS, and I'm like, why are there black bars on this? 
Black Bart. And that was that was literally my first introduction to a quote unquote widescreen like it, your your uh, laser disc player was my first introduction to the Black Bars down in the basement yeah. of the cabin. That's yep. when I was like, isn't that crazy? That like, what is with the Black Bars? Yeah, yeah. And and like that was the at the very tail end of VHS days, if I remember correctly, or towards the end where VHS was starting to introduce uh, movies that were in widescreen on VHS. And Karate Kid Part Three was my first one, and then after that, because I, I didn't like it at all, yeah. and it was a big thing. And now going back to think about all these movies that you know I would like you said they played over and over and over and over in in theaters because there was no way to watch it at home. And then VHS came along and then it was like, wow, this is great. We can watch all these movies. And thinking back, it's like, all oh, these movies were pan and scanned to hell. Oh, to, I, and I bought full frame. My whole, the bulk of my VHS collection was full frame until I actually yeah. saw a side by side comparison, realized, no, no, the filmmakers wanted it to be this way. And then I was yes. like, my stupid TV is square. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. But that and, didn't matter. And now, anyway, uh, yeah. oh, there was something else I was going to ask you. Oh, do you remember? Uh, I I kind of remember the exact moment. I was so delighted. I opened the paper like I always do on a Sunday, whatever, digging through there, looking for the the big page ads of the you know because they always had a mini version of the poster in there too with the show times and looking at all of them. That's R. I'm not going to be able to see that. That's R. I'm not going to be able to sneak into that. Uh, oh, there's this. And then at the bottom, one day, it said, or call our phone number. And we have the automated thing where we'll, oh, they'll tell yeah. you the show times. <laughs> and the paper was gone forever because I would, I would sometimes like, they'd go to the mall and my mom would be like, oh, I'm going to this girly store or going to clothes shopping. I'm just like, I'm going to go listen to the movie show times. She'd be like, we can't watch anything today. And I'd be like, I, I don't care. And I'd just go there and I'd just listen to I'd just listen to it over and over on a loop and be like, yeah, that's what's playing. Or I'd go look at the um, posters and, you know, outside the theater. And then I'd go yep. to the arcade for a while and, you know, just killing time. Like, I would rather do this than stand beside you while you're clothes shopping or whatever. Yeah. No, I, this all sounds very, very similar. Now, do you remember when you did get your license, what was the first movie that you drove to the theater in your car and watched man that's a great question but i do not know i i, I there was so many dude it was, there were times like we would have giant snowstorms and i would have like this little piece of crap front wheel drive car or i actually had a rear wheel for for a long time which is even worse in snow but we had snowstorms yeah. and like level one level two don't be out on the roads and i would be i would tell my buddy i'd be like dude what are we gonna do sit around and be locked in the house all day screw it we'll just go we're gonna drive really slow it's at the time that was about a 30 minute drive. It would take us an hour and a half and we would get there and I'd be like, now let's just go watch movies. Just, and and we would do that. We would just make a whole evening out of it. And we snuck into a lot of movies there because they were very lax on ticket taking. We would just walk up to the counter, uh, the snack counter and buy food and drink and then just go in. And they would just assume that you had bought tickets before. They wouldn't even like take your <laughs> ticket. They would never come check. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we'd scope the theater out. If there was a guy tearing tickets, then we'd just go buy a ticket. But we did sneak into a hell of a lot of movies there. I, I have to yeah. admit, sorry, we're way past uh, uh, <laughs> being held accountable for that. And the theater doesn't exist yeah. anymore anyway, so sorry. But um, one of the most memorable ones that I saw, and we got to move on here pretty soon. This is a I great know. topic, but 
I got a bunch of movies to talk about. Um, one of the best ones that I saw there, and shockingly, I, a lot of people consider this to be a terrible movie. I was surprised to find out, but we went in, it was one we snuck into, and we were just bored. You know, one of the things where you're 16, 17, I just don't want to be at home. Let's just go to the mall, mall rats, just go hang out. And our mall is so sad to be a mall rat in, that mall. It's just, yeah. there's nothing. Um, you'd go make a couple of laps, walk around, look at some girls, and go watch, go yeah. sneak into a movie, maybe. <laughs> and there was nothing playing we wanted to see, but we said, screw it. Let's go watch this lawyer movie. And it's a lawyer movie, Snore, but screw it. Let's go watch it. So we snuck into The Devil's Advocate. And that is not a lawyer movie like a John Grisham Pelican Breeze. No. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's devils and demons and nudity out the wazoo. You know, and it was just like, this rocks. And I still like that movie to this day. I still think it's a very good film. I don't understand why so many people hate it, but... No, it's a great movie. I quite enjoy it. Anyway. Yeah. I, I will say... Two movies that, uh, and I, I looked them up on IMDb to, to see which one was actually released first. Um, but there were two movies that came out pretty close together, I believe, uh, cause I'm trying to lock down what the first one was that I actually drove to the theater, uh, to see. Uh, and this was in Dover. And now at this point, this was at, in Dover at the mall, at the, uh, whatever, what's the New, mall Newtown? called in Dover? Newtown Mall, because at that point now I have my license. Now that, like you said, opened up the floodgates. Yeah. Now let's go watch movies. But the first movie that I can remember, my buddies and I, let's go watch this movie. I believe it was The Lawnmower Man. Oh, nice. I believe that was the first one, because it, it's between that and uh, driving all the way up to Canton with my buddy Tim Rassiter to watch Children of the Corn Part 2. Uh, but it, it was between those two movies were like some of the first like adult horror movies or just movies in general that I hopped in the car and let's go. And up we went and there you go. But lawnmower man. And I, another one is it's weird how these things stick with you because I remember, especially lawnmower man. I remember it so vividly watching that in the theater and just being amazed by it. And now it's like, what? But back then it was like, wow, this is really cool. And at that point, um, this was fairly shortly after Terminator 2, so CGI was kind of fresh on the market, and this one here, and Children of the Corn Part 2 actually has a big CGI sequence in it, uh, were really capitalizing on that, and I just remember seeing them in theaters being like, this is so cool. I have my license, and I'm with my buddies, and we're watching an R-rated horror movie, and it's so good. And, well, I mean, it was so good. So, and before that, like with, like, I think with my parents, other than the Code of Silence, Death Wish 3, those are the two big R-rated movies. Uh, it's funny how maybe it was because I was even younger when those came out, but my most awkward moment with my parents in a theater ever, ever, and we may have talked about this before. I'm guessing we have on this show, or I've maybe mentioned it on my own show was, uh, when we went to see Top Gun in 1986. And I would have been 12 years old. Uh, that movie was so awkward. And granted, Temple of Doom was in 84 and that was really violent. But Top Gun was – there was a lot going on in that movie as far as just 
the undertones and the language and then the sex scene and yeah, I, I was, and it was packed. So that we got there late. We were, if not in the front row, close to being in the front row. My sister, my sister was with me, mom and dad, and we were expecting, yeah, this is going to be like, uh, Iron Eagle and Iron yeah. Eagle was a, uh, that was a family favorite of ours. We all liked Iron Eagle. And this is even better because this young, cool dude named Tom Cruise is in it. And then it was that. And it was like, oh, this is sexy. I feel Just awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, I'm 12 years old and I'm uncomfortable and pimple-faced and <laughs> hi, mom and dad. <laughs> My voice is changing. Uh, Lawnmower Man came out March of 92 and the other one uh, Children of the Corn? January of 93. Oh, okay, Even so Lawnmower Man it was. But it's listed as 92. So I, I think it was Lawnmower Man. Okay. Uh, that's hilarious. But yes, so. that, it was very much the same way with my parents. And it, violence, we could get by. Uh, I remember watching Tremors at a rather young age. Okay. But anything yeah. sexual was... Oh, it was so, so awkward. awkward. Yeah, same here. St- still Even is. Temple of Doom. And Temple of Doom is... That is borderline R-rated material. Still, I oh, think. I, it's, uh, watching it again. If you could just rate a couple of scenes, that would be R. Yeah. And, and so... but. Even more so, that, for some reason, Top Gun, oof, that was awkward. Wow. It happens. Hey, man, um, I, I, like, every year we go on vacation, well, not every year anymore, but we used to go on vacation with my parents, my family, and every year I'd be like, okay, Mom, you're going to sit down, and you're going to watch, I'm going to push your envelope every year. You're going to watch one movie. <laughs> one, one year it was Dark Water, and I, I wrecked her for, like, years after that. She was mentioning, I, I still can't walk down a dark uh, hallway. Uh one year it was Fight Club, and I said, "So what did you what did you think?" Because I was like, "This is going to be hard, but I want you to watch this movie because I love it." And at the end, she was like, "Oh, there's just there's just so much sex in it." And I was like, "Mom, that movie's two and a half hours long, and I timed it. There is one 15 second sex scene in that movie. So yeah. out of two and a half hours, 15 seconds is what." But that's her trigger. Everybody has their trigger, you know. Everybody has their thing. everybody has their trigger. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to point that out to her, and she was like, "What, really?" I was, like, "Yes, that's it." And I, I knew yep. that that was going to happen. <laughs> and I could keep. I know we have to keep going. There's, there. I've got tons of stories about theater experiences, and and all the way down to like walking into the theater and seeing the coming attractions on the wall, like the posters coming soon, and like, what is this maximum overdrive? I have got to see that movie. Yeah. Or you know, Nightbreed. What is that? Please, I want to see it. Hellraiser. I remember it. Hellraiser. Um, I anyway. got one last quick yeah. one uh, that is pertinent to the story because we talked so much about that theater near Ponderosa. Um, yeah. So one one day, uh, my mom is like, "Hey, my friend, so and so, she has a new boyfriend." I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's cool. We like her. You know, friend of the family. He works at that theater," and I'm like. Oh my <laughs> God, I'm going to get to watch so many movies. I was like, he's instantly my new best friend. I love him. He's great. Let's, let's go watch movies, watch movies, watch movies. Um, so like the next Sunday did our Ponderosa thing and then went over there <laughs> and we watched <laughs> Superman four, the quest for peace. Oh boy. And afterwards we <laughs> talked to them for a couple of minutes and then we left. I loved it in my opinion. And that was the best Superman movie ever made. I didn't yeah. watch it again for 19 years, um, <laughs> literally 19 years. 
And then I was like, oh my god, this is one of the most horrible atrocities ever. Uh, anyway, uh, as far as I know, and I could be wrong on this, but as far as I know, the last film that that theater ever showed was Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. It shut down. That was it. <laughs> it just burned the place to the ground. Done. I don't know that that was it, the catalyst for it, but it was sort of like, oh, you got an in at that theater? Now you're done. You're screwed. You know, it's oh. like, damn it. So wow. to the Quaker we went, because I don't even think Newtown <laughs> yep. was up done. Anyway. Well, anyway, there. I thought that well, would be an interesting fantastic. topic for discussion. There tons of time, yeah. but we got to move on. Because we got lots yes. of movies to talk about, and whose turn yes. is it? This ah, it's my turn. Dang it! Yeah, go for um, it. What do I want to do? I'm going to get the crap out of the way real quick in one round and pass it back to you because I want to talk about the good stuff at length. Okay. Um, first up, Sleepwalkers Who Kill, and I believe I threw this on the roulette. Maybe if not, it was an option. Uh, it got taken okay. off because it's only 45 minutes long or something like that. Yeah, it's a short documentary about people who claim that they kill and they're while well, they're sleepwalking, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's worth a quick watch, if only for the scenes where they have like cameras set up on these people while they sleep, and they're people that are acting out, like waving their arms and acting out their dreams. Really creepy. Other than that, eh, it's an episode of some TV show that never aired at best. Um, okay. Next up, Thail. I wrote a review of this one, did I not? Fairly oh, scary. Oh, yes, you did. Bork, bork, bork. Yes. Um, <laughs> this movie had such a great premise, but just cannot decide what it wants to be. And it was so frustrating, because I wanted to like it all the way through, but then they just had the, oh, that, that second act, I just wanted to punch somebody in the face. Because they just all of a sudden, let's stop everything, let's sit down, and just have a conversation that goes like this. And I'm not exaggerating the pace. This is the way it was. Okay. Um, I might be sick. Hmm. You, so you think, you think you might be sick? Yes, Whoa. yes. I, I think I'm going to be sick. Well, um, um. <laughs> how's, how's your son? I, I was just screaming at the TV, oh. just like, why? Why are we having this conversation? It is completely, does not pertain to the story at hand. Move on. It, it just felt like we're just dragging this thing out. It, it, this would have made a very cool, like, 15-minute short film in an anthology. As it is, ugh, pass. If you want more details... Go read the Facebook page. Yep. Uh, I have another review like that, uh, very similar, which I posted on Movie Freaks. But <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. Okay, and lastly. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I was shocked to discover Fright Night 2, the remake, is on Netflix. So, since I've been watching Fright Night movies, and I have to, for some reason, be a completist and finish these horror movie series, is, 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 I watched this <laughs> freaking turd, and, uh, you're right, it's bad. It's not entirely yeah. unwatchable. It's just kind of baffling because it's sort of like, in a weird way, it's kind of a remake of Fright Night 1 and 2 at the same time. Like, it brings in characters yeah. from the first Fright Night, but it doesn't make any sense in, in chronologically. Just stick with the first remake. That's a great film. This one's, it was yes, just it is. very disappointing. It's like, why is this yeah. happening? And why are you doing this? And 
why is that guy now your new best friend? Uh, he's so irritating. Yeah. Friggin' skip that movie. I will never forget when you told me about the first Friday Night, because that movie got panned, and then you saw it at the Dollar Theater, and you're like, dude, you should check this movie out. And then I did, and wow, great movie. One of the better remakes uh, from the past 10 years, Easily. I think. That's the first one I generally snap to. Of you, uh, It's like that yeah. and Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Those are the two biggies for me. Uh, in fact, I would... Putting the the Fright Night remake up against the original, I would be hard pressed to pick one of one or the other because that remake was really really yeah. good. Uh, and lastly, one more to get off my crap list uh, <laughs> uh, because I love anime and I'm uh, completist in some respects. I, I I found this weird little Dragon Ball live action movie that I've never heard of or seen anything about in a thrift store for a buck. And it's like, I can't not buy this movie. And it's almost a Bollywood type affair. It's terrible. It is terrible. But the first and third acts are like a Power Rangers movie. And it's just the second act where all of a sudden we're like, we're going to talk now. We're just going to talk and bullshit and nothing happens for 40 minutes. Yeah. It's hilarious. If you're a Dragon Ball person, uh, you're into that series You'll enjoy this movie to some extent. It's like hilariously bad. And yet somehow it is more related to the actual anime series than the friggin' Hollywood movie that came out a few years ago. Uh, yeah. What was it called? Um, eh, how, Dragon Ball Reloaded Last... or Resurrection or what, what, whatever yeah. the hell that was called. That, that piece of crap. Uh, anyway, that's it. Dragon Ball. Yeah. I, I think it was from like 1991. Maybe. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's on YouTube. Go give it a watch. It's called Dragon Ball. The beginning of something. I th- at least watch the first half an hour because it's so hilariously bad. Uh, but like I said, it has more in common with the anime than that stupid Hollywood movie. Hmm. Uh, all right. Okay, that's it for all of my crap because I want to talk about some good movies. So, uh, your turn. Okay. I got through. I, I, okay. I whipped through four movies in five minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to get one crap out of the way and then one gem Go out of the it. way, and then I'm going to shut up. And you. Let you so, talk. okay. Well, the the crap. Uh, there's not much left to say because I posted my review on Movie Freaks Facebook page, and that is unfriended. I uh, I. I'm not going to spend much time on it, but I wanted to actually say it in person that I think the movie was terrible. And, uh, I, you know what? I, I get the whole, uh, bullying, cyberbullying. It is a thing. And I know that I am an older person and it, that doesn't have an effect on me as much, obviously. Uh, yeah. at this Dude, you, you kind of did stir up a hornet's nest with that one, but it was on both sides. There were, you had equal measure on both sides of people come to defend that movie and coming to agree with you yeah. and say that it's a piece of shit. Not all those people were as old as us. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I just, uh, you can make insufferable characters still somewhat enjoyable. I, I hate to say that, but I, I go back to Sorority Row. Sorority Row, I think to me, is a good example of characters that are, are obnoxious, but for some reason I kind of like them. Uh, that's a newer slasher movie. And I, I genuinely liked the girls in that movie and they're all pretty obnoxious. The Black Christmas remake. Same thing. The bla- that's a, that's even better. Why? I didn't even think about Black Christmas, but they're all kind of just 
obnoxious, but I like them all for some reason. And every character in this movie, every single one, I loathed. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, and I, on my face, on the Facebook review, uh, I did, uh, reference the VHS series, the first, uh, first VHS movie. There is a segment on there, which is kind of a Skype type thing. And that's this whole movie's gimmick. Um, and I think that this movie could have possibly worked with the whole cyberbullying thing if it would have been a short film. But at 80 some minutes with all those characters that I despised, I, I, I hated it. If it would have been chopped down to 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, okay, then maybe a little bit more so because it was an interesting idea. But if you want a cool Skype horror movie type thing, check out VH, the first VHS. There was a really good segment in there. Otherwise, read my review for my thoughts on Unfriended. It was awful. Hated it. On to better things. Um, and this one here, I actually, um, I had, I'm not sure who, who posted or whatever, but Chris Stuckman, which I, I really like listening to Chris Stuckman's reviews. He posted a review about a movie called Hush. And it's on Netflix. I have seen uh, people talking about this, what, uh, but I haven't actually delved into any of the reviews. What is it? What's going on there? Okay, well, uh, Mike Flanagan is the director, and he the only other movie that he's made that I've, uh, I'm looking at here is uh, – okay, he made uh, Absentia, and he made Oculus. And Oculus was pretty good. That Absentia, you you told me to watch that a couple of times. Yes, that was a cool little yeah. low-budget horror movie. Uh, this one here – a gem in the rough. Wow. Okay. This gem in the rough. Uh, a deaf woman is stalked by a killer in her cabin in the woods. The end. If that sounds cool to you, go for it because it is exactly that and it's scary and tense and I thought it was really good. Uh, it's for essentially a thriller, not as much a horror movie. It has some really gory bits in it and the acting is really good. Obviously, with these movies, there's a couple parts where it's like, eh, okay, you're padding the runtime to you're you're doing certain things to pad the runtime that normal people wouldn't do. Like, you why don't you do this to get out of this situation? But I get it. You have to make an hour and twenty long, twenty minute long movie. It didn't distract me enough to to give it a bad review. I I thought that was it was good. It was a good cat and mouse thriller. I cannot imagine you wouldn't like it. You might have some of the same issues that I had as far as it may have made a better movie if it would have been maybe 45 minutes long. And I hate to keep saying that let's chop movies down to nothing. Yeah. But some of these movies, the storyline is almost – Hey, it's, we're the only ones that are, that are calling for a longer cut of Batman v Superman. <laughs> mm. Oh, bring so, it on. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, long and short movies are not our problem necessarily. Yes. Yeah. But I think you should give this one a shot. This one here, was, it's a cool movie. Uh, it's one that – it was good enough for them. Like they, they could have probably done a good, a good promotional uh, push for this movie and probably had this released in first-run theaters on a maybe even a limited run and did okay on it because it would have probably got pretty good reviews, I think. Mm. Uh, especially with the acting and the, I, I thumbs up, man. That's a good movie. That's one of those gems. In fact, I it's it kind of sucks that we didn't have this on on a roulette. I know it just came up on Netflix, yeah. but this would have been a gem in the rough roulette. So take that as you will. Cool. I, I'll definitely put it in the queue. I'll give that a watch. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now to some good stuff uh, for me. 
Okay, I have to talk about this one first, because uh, actually Steven asked, he just watched it and uh, asked me to talk about it, and so I rewatched it, because I haven't watched it in many years, and I also, he's trying to see a little more anime, but he's having some trouble tracking him down, so I gave him my film aficionado link to, here's my anime, what do you want out of there, buddy? And he gave me about five things, so obviously I loaned him ten movies. And, <laughs> uh, oh, you like that? Watch this. Uh, so, Cinema Sidekicks are gonna be having some anime coming up, and I look forward yeah. to, hopefully, he, uh, hangs with it and likes it, doesn't get too burned out on it, cause this stuff can burn you out. The movie I wanna talk about, though, he just watched, and, uh, like I said, I have rewatched now after many years. Perfect Blue. Uh, Satoshi hmm. Khan's animated psychological thriller. And, Stuckman just did a review of this uh, not too long ago either, uh, and I agree with everything that he said. Now, this is like, maybe it's one of the blurbs on here. Yeah, here you go. A startling and powerful film. If Alfred Hitchcock partnered with Walt Disney, they'd make a picture like this. Signed, Roger Corman. Uh, pop singer Mima looks forward to a bright new career when she quits her chart-topping trio to become an actress. When she lands a role in a sexually charged murder mystery, her life begins to fall apart. Reality and hallucinations merge into a terrifying netherworld where innocence is lost and dreams become nightmares. And I believe Stuckman had the facts on it. I'm just going to, going from memory, what he said. Um, Darren Aronofsky bought the rights to this movie, as far as I know. And that was so that he could mirror some of the shots in, um, what's it called? I can't remember. Can you make that out? That bottom picture? It's a girl in a tub. Okay. I believe he mirrored that shot, shot for shot, in uh, Requiem for a Dream. Yes. Oh, good one. Yep. This, You're right. This film also extremely mirrors the plot of the swan, Black Swan. Okay. Where it's sort of like actress, singer, going along, doing a new project, and then you start having trouble uh, differentiating between dream and reality. But she's having trouble differentiating between what she's doing in the movie versus her real life. So she'll be in her real life, and then all of a sudden she is like, wait, this is messed up. What's going on? And then they say, cut. Good take. Well done. And then she's on the set again. So there's a lot of, like, going through the first two-thirds of this movie, you're like, what the hell? I don't know what's real and what's not. You're having the same struggle that she is. And then you get to the end of the third act, and they have the kind of reveal, and they explain what's going on, much the, the way they did in, in Black Swan. Mm -hmm. And it all comes together with a nice, neat little bow, and makes complete sense. You understand everything, but you got to kind of take the ride and then let them tell you at the very end. It's a fantastic film. It's a work of art. You forget that you're watching animation. It's wow. But it, this is okay. but this is not an anime film in the sense that like here's a ninja who has bees coming out of his back and he's cutting off somebody's heads while he's having sex with somebody. It's not like we generally tend to think of anime as just being balls nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. It's not like Akira. It's not like Ninja Scroll. It's not like Ghost in the Shell. It's it's like just a regular movie. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's fantastic, right. fantastic film. I give it uh, massive marks. I, I nine and a half out of ten. I give it almost. Oh 10 wow, on, dude! It's a it's a fantastic film. 
and Blu-ray release or just uh I don't know. I got this DVD copy and on Amazon they're like 80 bucks. Um oh, really? Yeah, out of print kind of thing. Uh oh. There might I haven't looked a, up for a Blu-ray and I'll keep my DVD. I like it. It's the quality is fine. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with it. I love the film, but it's 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 not one that you know, it's not the kind of story that you're going to sit down and watch every year. If I'm going to my anime shelf, it, it's not one I pull out, but every, shit, I've seen it twice in 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, one of those drama-heavy kind of movies. You should definitely see it once, but you need to go in with expectations properly set. that Because you, you, you and I, I, I guess I'm talking more to you and I than your general anime audience. Maybe the regular anime fan is just sort of like, what? This is normal. There's lots of these. But... For you and I, we look for those hardcore ones where every splitting heads every two seconds. Oh yes, that's, that's yeah. my shit. That's what I. Like. <laughs> yep, uh, me too. But as far as just being a regular kind of film or a, just a a normal piece of cinema, it's it's really pretty genius, and I I loved it. I I really do. I again, will I pull it out next year? No. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I am so glad to have it in my collection. I'm actually looking forward to watching uh, Paprika, which hold on one second, if I'm not mistaken. And now that one I have heard of. Same director. Yep, and I'm looking forward to watching that again. I haven't watched it in, this one in years, but uh, this has pushed me to uh, rewatch that one as well. I, I loved this Perfect Blue; it was fantastic. So I'm looking forward to watching Paprika, and I hope I look forward to Steven's review as well. He. He asked me, he said, have you watched that recently? And I was like, no, uh, but I will. And he's like, I look forward to your thoughts. It's like, oh, yeah. He didn't tell me. What <laughs> it's a Hitchcockian kind of thing. So I cannot yeah. imagine he won't love it. But I, I'm looking forward to his full review on the next episode of Cinema Sidekicks. Cool. Back to you. Okay. Um Boy, there's a couple that I re- would really like to hit on. Um, I'm Go for it. Gonna, I have overblabbed yeah. this episode. Go for it. No, no, you're good. Um, I finished up a movie that I, I'm guessing that Steve liked. I know that you, I, I told you that I got the Blu-ray. I bought a used Blu-ray copy of this and you said, oh, that Steve liked that movie. Uh, but I don't recall hearing his review. So I am curious as to what he thinks of it. And I actually am curious as to what you think of this movie as well. But I watched 2011's Take Shelter, uh, starring Michael Shannon, Jessica Chastain, uh, directed by uh, Jeff Nichols, which if you don't know who that director is, he's also made, uh, I believe he directed Mud, yes. which I thought was a great movie. Yes, he did. Great movie. Uh, this one here, uh, two hours long, and I find it hard to fault any specific thing in the movie. It's a it generally storyline here. Uh, a guy construction worker is plagued by these apocalyptic dreams of a storm heading his way that is going to wipe out him and his family. So he uh, builds a tornado shelter and this is a very close knit town. Uh, he's got a buddy that works with him that knows something's up. We find out, I don't want to spoil too much of the movie, but his he's got a family history of uh uh some mental health issues is, so, is this bug with tornadoes and michael shannon instead of um do you remember bug he, oh yes i do yes yeah uh here's the thing with this movie i liked it <laughs> did i fuck did uh, i just fuck it up i'm sorry <laughs> no 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 it's it's uh it's just it's not necessarily for me but it's a great movie 
I gave it three, barely three stars out of five. And that's being generous because it's for myself and my personality and what I like in a movie. It was a tough sell because it is heavy and depressing as hell. Wow. That's why um, I have not pushed play on it. Oh, just, man, it's just delving into this man's uh, – This everything goes bad. And oh, there's a couple cool special effects shots, which the movie obviously is not reliant on special effects. It's more a, a character study. But wow, by the end, I'm like, oh, my Lord, I this is depressing. Come on. But having said that, it, it succeeds brilliantly in what it set out to do. And it's a very, very well-made movie. I think that he should have been up for Best Actor – because uh, Michael Shannon is a great actor. In anything. I think. He's so good in this, and he is so... This is probably one of his better roles, I think, but I'll never watch it again. I cannot imagine I'd ever watch this one again. It, it, by the time it rolled, I'm like... I actually, my wife watched it with me, and when the when the movie was done, she's like, can we watch Harry Potter again, please, or something fun and light? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get get the first Harry Potter movie out because we're going to go through the Harry Potter's every now and then, and I agree with you. Let's get into more lighthearted stuff, because that was heavy shit. So, anyway. But it is still a good movie. It just wasn't necessarily for me. I'm curious what you'd think about it. You probably would come away from it the same as me, I would guess, with the subject matter. Probably. That's what what the film looks like to me. That's why I haven't pushed play on it, because it's like, here's some sad and horrible shit, you know, uh, that's going to be well acted, and I don't know, just, eh. Yeah, L- that's it. You, lately I, I've go. been so busy and so tired dealing with uh, kid stuff and and not all not all bad. You know, it's just it's it's when you spend take this week for example. I I've worked more than I've been at home. Like I we're yeah. talking twelve to fifteen <laughs> hours a day, and then I come home and I'm running kids to volleyball games and friggin' emergency rooms and 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 all this. <laughs> the time I come home, I just want to watch Star Wars on loop. Like I I don't want to watch. <laughs> yes, something about yeah, uh, yeah, the mental breakdown of a, a of a good man, yeah. basically. There you go. Which which is probably a great. I, that's my winter time. That's that's my winter time when work slows down yeah. and the kids can't go outside and play, and you know they don't have sports and, and shit like that. I, I, that's when I sit down and watch my take shelters. I'm hibernating. Yes, <laughs> I have the emotional capacity to fit that in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Such is the life of of uh, uh, a parent. <laughs> yeah, and, and and of course he is a parent in this movie, and that plays into it. And yeah, I am a parent of two young children, and it's like, oh man, uh, okay. And dealing with him, dealing with his own parent in the movie, it, it was heavy, 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 heavy stuff. Uh, I will take something like. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which is heavy subject matter as well. I would take that any day over something like this, even though I did like this movie for its technical merits and the acting, but I would much prefer something like Dallas Buyers Club. I know that they are in total opposite. I know, you're fine. Just the other day, I was driving around working, and I was like, I wonder when Eugene is going to get the itch to watch that movie again. Oh, that movie kicked. That was so good. That was such (laughs) a great movie. I know, but um, I was just sort of like, when's he going to watch it again? Because for me, it was like, am I really going to watch this again? This this whole AIDS movie, whatever. Uh, you know what? I kind of, for some reason, I kind of want to watch it again. I watched it again like twice in a year. I was like, <laughs> my God, that is so great. It's so good. I, so uh, good. But isn't that interesting how something like that, like 
that type of subject matter, like I, I can't wait to watch that one again. I will definitely be watching that one again, probably within a year. I again take shelter. Probably will never watch again. I mean, if I do, it's going to be years from now. It's a one and done. I get that. It's, yeah. it's, it was the same way with Bug, and I'm only. I guess I'm only relating that because it's Michael Shannon again. Yeah, that movie is so heavy, and it's just it's yeah. so gloomy and depressing, yeah. and that ah whatever. Yep, I just yep. I don't have the desire to watch it again. Gotcha. That's like a 20 year movie, maybe. There you go. <laughs> okay, I got one more, then I'll kick it back to you, and we'll be done. Okay. Lastly, Hannibal, the uh, Ridley Scott film. Uh, it came on the Netflix, and I was like. I'm going to rewatch this one. Haven't watched it in a while. My DVD's a little scratchy. Don't feel like digging it out of the vault. Uh, let's push play on this and see where we're at. Holy shit. I, I got to come clean. I got to make a confession. I got to reverse a stance that I've had for a very long time. And, you know, it's, it's always hard when we have to bite the bullet and do these things. But from time to time, it is important that in, in order to maintain consistency, uh, we have to admit when when we're when we're wrong. And <laughs> with me, it is about Julianne Moore. I, I have to oh. stop. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop hating Julianne Moore. Oh, and I know I everybody, like this. In the, everybody in the world that that has loved her forever is like, finally, you moron! No, look, I have plenty of reason to dislike her. Parts of this movie, for one, the Lost World in its entirety, for two. Uh, a couple of other things that are very irritating. Anyway, <laughs> I have I have shifted gears on Miss Julianne Moore, and part of it is because of this movie. Three fourths of this movie, she still has a couple of scenes where I'm like, hmm, hmm, could have done another take on that one. Could have <laughs> Ridley, Ridley. Can I get another one? Can I go again? Let me do another one. My, my Southern accent was a little horrible. Off. Yeah, a little horrible that time. Let me. He is I let myself go with it this time and just relax. Fantastic film. I and I uh, through three fourth of this movie, I was going ten. Ten. We're at ten. This is a ten out of ten. It's a ten. And then we get to that last like twenty minutes. And there's a couple of leaps that they make in there where I'm like, that didn't quite make sense. Like, how did he all of a sudden just show up at that house, the summer home? Mm. Uh, how did he know that the guy was going to be there? How I mean, it's one thing, I guess he, I could buy that he knew that Starling would be there. That's her name, right? Starling? Yeah, Starling. Uh, that it, I could maybe buy that he knew that, but the, that the guy would show up and he was all prepared for that. And then it, just too many things worked a little too perfectly. Yeah. And it felt like if I had a director's cut that was five minutes longer and explained, uh, something that made sense of them all being there at the same time or that he knew that that was going to happen. And maybe I missed something in the movie. I'll, I'll watch it again. I've only watched it what three times now. Um, oh, wow. I've seen that movie so many times. It's trust, so good. I'm going to be watching it more. It, that, it was fantastic. The majority of the way It's just that. Yeah. And there's little odd. Um, and not even, like, the first time I watched it, obviously everybody's like, the brain and eating. That's the odd part. No. This time, I didn't have, I, that was fine. But it just felt like, uh, this time around, it just felt like, like he had a huge vendetta against Ray Liotta's character. And, and that didn't, 
it didn't feel like there was any build up to that. It just felt like Leota was a random guy he stumbled across. It didn't feel yeah. like they were butting heads throughout the whole movie, even though maybe behind the scenes they were like as far as cat and mousing it with him being the bad guy and this is yeah. was after him. But they didn't pr- make that pronounced during the film to where it was like he got that guy. Yeah. Um. So again, the last 20 minutes, yeah, you drop back down to like a eight and a half, but that's still overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. I, that's my favorite of the Hannibal movies. I love that movie. In fact, you bringing up Julianne Moore, my favorite line from her in this movie, and I actually looked it up on IMDb just to make sure I get it all right here. My favorite line in the movie from her is, I wasn't speaking to you, Mr. Crundle, or Mr. Crundler. When I speak to you, you'll know it because I'll look at you. It was such a bitchy, badass line. I loved the delivery because it was perfect. Uh, Ray Liotta was such a slimeball bastard in that, and she held her own. I, I thought she did a great job. In fact, well, no, I, that might be unpopular, but I would almost pick her over, uh, uh, Sounds of the Lambs, jo- uh, Jodie Foster. Now, see, see, and that's the other problem. Throughout this whole movie, I'm watching it, and I'm going, I wish it was Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. Because she had, she was a little more uh, restrained or calm a little bit. Like yeah. she, she did she it was. in a way it was sort of like, like yeah. she could just do it in a smaller, yeah. nuanced way. Whereas Julianne Moore was like, oh yeah, I'm from the Yes, sale. I would agree there. It's like, yeah. uh, reel it back a bit. But that line was perfect. <laughs> I, I yeah. No <laughs> the standout for me in this film, aside from Anthony Hopkins, obviously. Yeah. Giancarlo Giannini. He is the guy that I associate with the most in this film. And I Is he the uh, Italian uh, yes, detective in- guy? Inspector Ronaldo Pazzi. Yes. Pazzi. Pazzi. His entire section is the film for me. Like mm-hmm. it's so strong. His performance is so nuanced and so subtle and his struggle with uh making the decisions that he makes. It's 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 so perfect. His acting job is just flawless. I loved it. Yep, um, agreed. Oh, just, could not it, agree more. Yep. It just feels like it just derails a little bit in that last 20 minutes. Yep, the uh, really of brains. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I didn't even have a problem with that part. It's just, it's so kind of weird and cluster-effed in that end. Yeah. and the, Come the, with and me, and I cut off my own hand. Huh? What? What's going on? <laughs> What's, you know... And I haven't read the book. Have you read the the novel? No, but Jason did. He told us all about it. He's, uh, he he said did. That I remember. The, yeah, he doesn't. She run away with him at the end of the book. I, I believe I've, so. I've almost yeah. bought it a couple of times. And I just I'm like I know most of the story. I'm like it's going to be hard to read <laughs> it when I know most of it. Yeah. But hey, listener, tell us if we're wrong. Should we read that book? Maybe Thomas Harris knew something mm. that we didn't. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You got another one for us? Okay. One more and then I'm done. Uh, I want to talk briefly about Bridge of Spies. Finally finished up that movie with my wife. Uh, it's a good movie. But is it worthy of a uh, best Oscar nom when something like a Straight Outta Compton was not? Nope. Uh, uh, well, they only nominated eight. I mean, they had room for ten, but they just went with eight. Yeah. So there, something. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, I, I liked it. I gave it three and a half out of uh, five stars. And here is another one that is very similar to Take Shelter. I will probably never watch Bridge of Spies again. I know the story now, and the acting was good. Tom Hanks was good. Everything about it was really, really good. But I don't need to see that again. And Was it best picture quality material? I don't think so. I, to me, I 
it was just it was a it was a story about things that really happened that was interesting with good acting. Uh, is there another, is there another uh, kind of war related movie that you can compare it to, or another oh, drama wow. thriller or something um, like that? It's a lot of talking. I mean, there's no action in it, which is fine. I wasn't expecting action in this movie. It's a spy. It's basically a, a lawyer is defending a a Russian spy that was captured, and the Russians have a, a spy that was shot down, and it's, I guess it's a true story. And the whole movie is basically a negotiation to swap spies. Uh, and the acting is fantastic. It, it, the acting it truly is great. But it's really long. And I understand why it is long. There's a lot going on in the movie. And it jumps back and forth from uh, Tom Hanks going over to Germany, actually, to negotiate this swap. Uh, and it, it just is continually jumps back and forth to... No, now they don't want to do this. Now they don't, and I don't want to spoil the movie. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do this. And working back and forth. I, with I each get other, the but, conflict. I yeah. understand from the trailer. I get it. Yeah. So, but at two mean? and a half hours long, almost. It's two and a like half hours? Oh, close wow. to two and a half hours. Yeah. And it's like, it was good. But with that and then uh, take shelter, I understand why my wife is like, let's watch Harry Potter, please, now. <laughs> if we're going to watch long movies. <laughs> Um, oh, trust me. Long indeed. I look forward to uh, your review of the Harry Potter series for uh, the next three years. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but anyway, it's a good movie. I wonder where you would what you would think I, of this movie. I'm going to watch it eventually, but two and a half hours. Shit. It's I, like, long. Uh, that's probably uh, wait till Netflix, maybe. I, uh, wow. Yeah. It is. Because uh, I at kind the of very assumed least, that would be a two hour movie. Uh, here, yeah. let's put it. it could have been. Let's put it up against this. I think that, like, I I like Munich. That's another Spielberg kind of war ish mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think it's very underrated film, uh, especially in his filmography. But I didn't come to that until I watched it about three times. Oh. Um, I still could barely, scarcely tell you anything that happened in that movie. I, I yeah. can tell you a couple of plot points, but it's very kind of forgettable. And then I go back and rewatch it. Uh, every couple years, and I'm like, that's a good movie. Flash forward another year, I can't tell you anything about it. So, put it up against that. Where are we at? That is, it's right in line with that. In fact, when the movie, when the credits rolled, I told, I told my wife, I'm like, this reminds me of Munich. It, it seriously, it's, it's Munich. Mm. I, it's that. I don't know. I really like Munich, though. Even though yeah. I can't tell you everything that's, that happened, and it's, yeah. it's, I, I think it's a pretty underrated film. Yeah, it's good. It's it's worlds better than Warhorse, which Warhorse is uh, to me Spielberg's second worst movie of the last maybe twenty years. Right, uh, it's that's right in front of uh, the Skull shit. Uh, <laughs> Indiana uh, Jones Four. Y- yes. Have, uh, you, have you seen Nineteen Forty One? No, I have not. I it's, have not watched Nineteen. 19- yeah, it's god awful. <laughs> have you seen The Lost World? Ooh, yes. I think Lost World is better than uh, Crystal Skull. Or... Yeah. (laughs) I was just thinking about it. Yeah, you're right. There's enough moments... There's enough uh, good moments in Lost World that I would say that. Yeah, especially with the the T-Rex in the end uh, running through the city... That was cool. I liked that. That's one of the weaker (laughs) points of that movie. (laughs) One of the best... Uh, the best scenes of that movie is when uh, 
the T-Rex says come to reclaim their child, their baby at yeah. the, at the campground and they're pushing the, the the car off the cliff and the car is trying to hold the Yeah. That's one of the, like that scene is so good that it's almost worth the entire movie. Yeah. Now I liked when the girl did a couple flips and then kicked a velociraptor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was awesome. Yeah. And that ends our show, yeah. folks. And good night. <laughs> My favorite part of Crystal Skull was when the fridge happened, and then when yes. the, the UFO mm-hmm. and the monkeys with greaser monkeys. haircuts yeah, and stuff. Was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like you, Steven Spielberg. We we still love yes. you. You've done more good than bad, but he has. When you has. when when you do bad, you, you epically bad. You yes, do bad. Quit listening to George Lucas. Yes. <sighs> anyway, yes. That's anyway. It for me. Yeah, Bridge of Spies. Good movie, but uh, <laughs> not one I'll be re-watching anytime so, soon. So, uh, not even worthy of the Best Picture nod? I don't think so, no. Okay. It was a good movie. It was a solid movie. But And I here's the thing. I haven't seen a lot of the Best Picture noms. I haven't watched Spotlight yet, even. Uh, but Straight Outta Compton, that should have been on Best Picture of the Year for me. Uh, world's better than Bridge of Spies. But I was... I can relate more to Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Bridge of Spies was... <laughs> oh, just say that again. I, I know. <laughs> Inner city gangster rap music. I can relate to that. Yeah, that's all but, you. I yes. associate you with that. It's <laughs> fantastic. Stay tuned for the next show open that I edit together for year three. <laughs> I can relate more to Straight Outta Compton. Yes. <laughs> Because my own rap group, you know, we yeah. we all got our our cues from them. No. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, all right. Are you ready to wrap this up? I am. Yes. Anything you want to plug or tease or anything? Uh, you know, I last week I talked about Canton Film Festival. If you're at all interested, it's it's happening. This this podcast will be live on Saturday. So in a few days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, April 21st, 22nd, 23rd is Canton Film Festival. Um, that's it. And my, my own show, Cinema Side, uh, Cinema Sidekicks. I am, yes. I, it's, yes. Go it's on, Ty. Tell us about Steve, your yes, yes. Steve, Ty, and Eugene. We're on Cinema Sidekicks. I'm, you see, it's 1130. I'm done. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> the bell has tolled. Once yes. it's 1131, I, you turn into a pumpkin. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how your switch works, especially considering that when you work late at the at the nightlight, you're later than this. Like you don't. Oh, get way later. Time. Yes, I know. <laughs> wow, fantastic. Okay, uh, for me, as far as tease, uh, I, I have to this episode issue a personal apology, Hunter Herrera. Yes. Uh, look, dude, I had fully planned to come home from work. I was going to maybe watch a movie and then watch your. Next short film, I've reviewed a couple of your short films. Uh, I was going to watch this thing, and then and, and we were going to talk about it tonight. Blame my kid, because it, <laughs> I got called home from work early to take him to the ER for a potentially life-threatening issue. I have the most legit excuse ever. Um, so, I know Eugene has watched it, but I told I him, have. you know what, let's just hold off so that we can discuss it next week. Or it might even be the week after. I'm sorry. I we got plans. But I guarantee you, we will talk about your film. You have my word. Yep. Uh, but I didn't want to really get into it until we had both had the chance to watch it. Yes, I literally did not have 15 minutes to watch anything. I got no. home from work. I ate dinner. I took a shower. 
here we are. <laughs> it's been that kind of day. Yeah. Um, Any movies that you're planning on watching, though? Um, well, this Paprika I'm going to watch, too. But yep. honestly, the the number one thing on my list is Hunter's movie. I'm going I'm to yeah. – or short film. I'm going I'm yeah. to watch that first off. Um, are either of us going to try to watch the Jungle Book movie? Are you, are you, any interest yeah, in that? Or? Maybe. We'll see. Um, okay. I did get another influx of voodoo codes from my good buddy who gives them to me all the time, Mr. Dave. Uh, among them was Star Wars The Force Awakens, which I watched uh, half of last night. It was wonderful. I was very much enjoying it. Uh, he also gave me the new Justice League animated film and four or five others that I haven't heard of. Uh, but we'll watch. That's going to be it for my tease. Uh, let's wrap this show up. Uh, movie, right. movie Freaks Pod is your keyword. Facebook.com, Yahoo Mail, and Twitter. Movie Freaks Pod. Look us up. Any of those venues. Uh, where else are we? Yeah, iTunes, Stitcher, Feedburn. We're all over the place. Anywhere on the web, you can find us. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode. Oh, uh, Cinema Soft, Underbelly, Cinema Sidekicks, uh, everybody's included. It's awesome. It's after 1130. We're all pumpkins. Uh, <laughs> 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 and I am so ready for bed. <laughs> yep. Uh, cheers. Salute. Good night. All right. Bye. <laughs>